Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, challenge, and empower collaboration while taking actions that matter. With your hosts, beauty maker Christina Wirtz, recruiting genius Jennifer Rojas, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lane. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Checking out the blue polish. <laughs> I like the nails. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I just had to take my earrings off. They were killing me. I knew these, my, oh, I knew these headphones. Those headphones, I know. They cause all sorts of <laughs> weird. I'm like, <laughs> no, I feel so attractive with these things. <laughs> They're so bad. It's so good. There's no cameras around. I know. I'm always like, what would look better? One ear? How are you? Doing good. Yeah. How's your week going so far? Let's see. What's today? Tuesday? So far, so good. Yeah? Yeah, I went to a really awesome event yesterday, six-figure stylist event. Oh, cool. Where was uh, that? It was at Society Salon in Old Town. Okay. So there were there was uh, Tracy Young, who's the founder of this app called True Connect, which connects people, hairstylists, to guests. And there were some other people, mindset coach and a salon owner, all these really awesome people. There were like 40 or 50 people there. Nice. Elisa just walked in, so. Hi, Elisa. <laughs> well, that's cool. So did you pick up some good uh, good stuff to I did. I take found you to out six and seven figures? Uh-huh. I found that I have to start doing Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives. So that's a thing, huh? Yeah, because it tells Facebook and Instagram for more viewers to see you, yeah. and it posts your stuff, stuff out, out to that. more people, and I just so resisted. I'm like, what do I say on the live? No one wants to listen to me, but I got to get over that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Keep it short. Actually, it's funny because I think that probably uh, Steve. So we have Steve Mike in the house today. You were pretty big into social media and all that as part of your. I mean, I remember um, as a loan originator. So Steve uh, was a loan originator with VIP most recently. Now you're a CEO of your own company. But as a loan originator, you were pretty big in the marketing. You were getting out in front of that, as I recall. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, um, I, I tried. Uh, I, I, I don't know how, how well I did on the social media side. I was, I was kind of, uh, kind of like what uh, Christine was saying, the, the live video feeds and all that stuff. I'm not really mm-hmm. super comfortable with all that. But, um, but yeah, we, we definitely, uh, you know, just knew it was a trend and, you know, knew we had to address and get out there. So, you know, probably, I mean, we were on it earlier than probably most people and uh, at least yeah. ahead of it and addressing it and... Uh, you know, continuing to get our, our name out there. Mm-hmm. I remember that just with campaigns and all that kind of stuff. Right. Did you, so do they, when you're doing the live, and I know we're kind of taking this a little bit, we're off the rails a little bit, but when you're doing lives and stuff like that, is it, does it matter how many people are watching you at that time? Or is it really just about that you've got that piece of collateral and that now it can go out? I think the latter. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it actually matters how many people watch you because it's something you build over time and it does actually go as a re a replay back or okay. playback, you yeah, know, later. Right. But I think it just kind of boosts you up to the top of the ranks when you do lives. Yeah. And they were just like, I challenge you to go live every day for five minutes. And even if it's not five minutes, if you fall short and you do three minutes, so mm-hmm. what? You're still getting live all the time. Interesting. And you don't have to have it all planned out, too, is what I got. They're like, you know, people relate to you better when your hair is not done, when your makeup's not done. You're just driving to the gym, you know, and you just talk <laughs> like a normal human being <laughs> instead of like a hairstylist that's got it all together. 
<laughs> that's good to know. I'm like, that part I'll get out of that I can do. I think it's just mainly about branding. There was a, when I was getting into it, one of the marketing people or whatever called it like owning brain cells. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting your face in front of there, they know you're a hairstylist, hairstylist. They see your face, like over time, you're right. When they think hairstylist, they're thinking you because they've, you know, seen it and heard it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've just taken over their, yeah. their mind in that capacity. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Interesting. And the other piece that I got was like, people don't buy products and services, they buy people. Right. Which I've heard before. Sure. You know, they buy your story, they buy you. So if you're going live and sharing your life with people, even if it's not even related to business, if it's just like, hey, I'm on my way to the gym, just went to this event, I learned so much, like people will get to know you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see that as a piece that's missing because I'm just like, people don't want to get to know me. Come on. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. I think that's the hard thing, right? It's the, <laughs> uh, the humility piece where you're like, uh-huh. what do I... How can I'm I not that important. I'm not, I don't have anything <laughs> that good to say. <laughs> like, I to come with the jokes if I need to. Like, yeah, no, I think that's, um, it is true. That's a, there's a genuineness, and I think that's, um, as you see these different levels, and yeah, of course we've got Elisa here, um, but marketing, you know, that, you know, really is, it's about being genuine yeah. and authentic. And authentic. I have a shirt that <laughs> says authentic. <laughs> <Your> shirt. <laughs> so, anyway, interesting. Well, good. I'm glad you had a good event. That's yeah. cool. Your weekend was good, too? My weekend was good. Yeah, I was just home with the kiddo. So she spent most of her time uh, uh, running around the neighborhood. And uh, so <laughs> I started working out with a personal trainer, and I'm in a lot of pain. So that's, that's I thought with my yoga, I'm like, oh, my muscles are in pretty good shape. No, no they're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> at all. So, good for you. That's mm, awesome. We'll see. You'll see. <laughs> a lot of Epsom salt. But yeah. So anyway, so Steve, welcome. Yeah. Nice to have you here. So Thanks Steve for having me. Is the CEO of Opti? So can you tell us about that? What is that? Uh, so Opti uh, has basically evolved. Um, as Jennifer had mentioned, I've been a loan originator and uh, you know started right out of college. Get got into the mortgage business, and that was really all I knew. Um, and you know a, as you you know be being a part being in that mortgage industry um there were uh the mar- the market i got in 2004 things were were great 2004 <laughs> 2005 and then you know everything tanked so i had to figure out what people were doing to be successful and a lot of that was based around technology and data and how to stay in front of your clients and things like that. So I started using, uh, at the time, uh, ACT database, which just, you know, getting data in there, and then was introduced to Salesforce in 2009 and started configuring Salesforce for my business as a loan officer, as uh, Jennifer uh, knows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we ended up growing tremendously through leveraging technology to allow our team to run more efficiently operationally and allow me to spend more time on the phone selling and and do a better job of managing those relationships so the uh that evolved into uh, taking a position at vip mortgage where i partnered with them to build out more of a end-to-end platform within the company so we had a lot of success at my prior uh, employer and coming to vip i believe that if we could roll this out as a, a company end to end, there were a lot more efficiencies that we could gain. Mm-hmm. And so that's been the last five and a half years uh, working working there and still involved in, in working and supporting VIP as I start this new, uh, this new venture. So basically just saw the power of Salesforce technology being able to run more efficiently mm-hmm. and effectively throughout companies and hearing 
all of these companies that are struggling with technology there you know there's so many options out there how do i pull all this stuff together and that's what we were able to do at vip we took loan officers who are typically not good at putting information into any system <laughs> and but they they have seven or eight systems right. so where do you put it and that's the challenge we mm -hmm. saw we said okay let's take these seven or eight and let's plug those into you know a, a front-end platform where the loan officer is literally living in one spot and we'll push and pull data on the back end and it's it had great success we've got a lot of loan officers that have you know grown their business tremendously and continue to come over to vip to kind of utilize the the software and now looking to do that uh not necessarily just in mortgage but financial services uh accounting uh and even any any sales focused organization i think as i get out there and start networking and, and explaining what we do uh it it, literally everybody I talk to is facing the same challenge. There's mm. too much technology and there's too many options. And you know, I see myself as you know the ability to help these companies and business owners determine what's the best way to mm. you know to do this or use this to make our company more efficient and make our employees happier. Mm -hmm. You know, so they don't have to log into ten different systems to do right. their mm -hmm. job. So it's just like a more streamlined way. Yeah. To combine all that into one and make it a lot easier. Right, mm -hmm. right. Got and it. let the, you know, the nerdy technical guys do the stuff in the background and push and pull the data. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, that, that user, they just see what they need to see and do what they need to do. And that's where Salesforce as a partner continues to acquire companies. And buy, you know, it's just when you look at technology and, and what's out there today, there's obviously a lot of other options. But if you're building on something besides a Salesforce, you know, what's going to happen in, in three years? You know, Salesforce has acquired, you know, multiple companies throughout the year this year. They bought investing heavily in artificial intelligence, yeah. blockchain, all of the stuff that you know is the future. And if you're not building on a platform like that, like how are these other platforms going to be able to make those same investments? So right. data is, every, I mean, it's just, so much um so how do you take all of that and continue to make it easier on your employees and run mm -hmm. more efficiently and and grow and that's really the filter that we have in in as we look at clients we want companies that really want to grow exponentially because if you don't um if you don't want to grow or don't want to sell your business there's really not as much value in in making the investment and in building out this technology to really you know, fit right around all of your business processes and things mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah. and I think, yeah, I mean, you're being a little bit modest in that. Um, <laughs> Cause I, so I, so the reason I, I know Steve, because I worked with him, I worked for him. I was sales and marketing. Uh, I helped a little bit with operations. Uh, you know, the mortgage industry and let's see, so that would have been 2009, 2010. I mean, it was pretty archaic, pretty tactical, right? So you were very reactive at that point. What I always thought was interesting about you and how I think, you know, the evolution of where you are now, um, that idea about being proactive. So a lot of, I think, and that was what was hard, especially when you're in down markets. and in, in great markets, pretty much it's like, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. And the down market, that ability to really know your client, to get repeat business and the refinance. I mean, I, I remember that was kind of what, yeah, like that was kind of was that ba that foundation that at least kept you know right um loan officers that knew their clients afloat in, in, a, in a market that was pretty awful and even as you were coming back i mean i can remember trying to get people through underwriting that were stellar 
right. and we couldn't get them through underwriting because it was just such a you know that the crash had just taken such a hit on everybody and mm-hmm. everyone was so gun shy. Um, but I really love that because I think, you know, you, that wasn't something that was a very prevalent, at least not that what I saw for, for the time I was there, that wasn't very prevalent, that proactive and that uh, wanting to how important that data was and how important that relationship was. So it wasn't just about pushing the paper through the operational side. It was really starting to look at the relational side and how that how the, how you could function as somebody's advisor versus just right. a partner to a realtor that gave a, a pre-approval letter kind of thing. Um, so that's, I think yeah. that, I mean, that was something that was it, when we were working together and then what, that's what you took to VIP was that already that sense of, yeah, it things was, have, you were disrupting a workflow. Yeah, it was, uh, that, like loan officers and part of it is they, they had too much data and too many different systems, but yeah. at the end of the day, they didn't, you know, that's been a recent trend in the last few years on the just database management and being kind of a right. better, uh, relationship manager with your clients. And I you know, have seen loan officers get on board with that. And to me, you know, always kind of just thinking ahead and what's next. That's where technology and what's happening in the whole marketing space and, and the, the just huge mm-hmm. amounts of data. Mm-hmm. What we're looking to do in leveraging Salesforce is continue to put that that loan officer so they understand the the importance of managing that relationship but Mm -hmm. now it's about getting better data to Mm -hmm. market to those clients better Mm -hmm. so now it's use the system to put better information in about six months from now or 12 months from now or with their family or their favorite sports team or whatever because now you know today these drip emails and marketing that goes out is very stale you get how many emails in your inbox if it doesn't apply to you at Mm -hmm. that point in time at that exact point in time right you're going to delete it so how do you get these loan officers or these salespeople who are talking with the client to get data into a system that isn't available anywhere else i can i can get data from all over the place but when they have that conversation with that salesperson that's data that no one may not you know no one might have that so now can i get them to put it into a system and can i use that to market to that customer so now i'm the only one sending that exact message to the customer because i'm the only one who has that that data Mm -hmm. that the hockey season's starting or whatever coyotes are coyotes are four and one or whatever yeah yeah yeah, i mean in in every industry is different (laughs) right but how do you um you know how do you think differently in and this is where you know strategy comes in and, and it comes in you know Mark, like how do you just how do you think different how mm-hmm. do you stand out uh how do you you know ha- own brain cells right mm-hmm. how do you how do you jump out to where they think hairstylists they think mortgage they think this they they think you mm-hmm. and and the only you know it's it's about the relationship it's about the connection it's about sending the message at the right time with the right information mm-hmm. um you know to get them to respond yeah and I kind of feel like um, every business, I mean, you, you talked a little bit if you're growing or wanting to sell, but I feel like in this market, even sustaining, even if you don't want to sell for whatever, or, but even sustaining, you need some sort of information like that because otherwise it's just you won't even, you won't be relevant. Yeah, you so, know, yeah, 100%. And the, the challenge with that is if you're, if you're not wanting to grow, uh, I mean, to me, if, if you're making the investment and you're doing these things and you're you're thinking differently and you're doing that, you're gonna grow. Yeah. You, you can't not grow. So 
and and especially because you're doing that and your competitor who doesn't want to grow is trying to sustain mm-hmm. well they're done they're out of business in a couple of years mm-hmm. um, or they're a great acquisition right for this company who's investing so it's it's finding those companies that that do want you know the growth part of it is very important because it's a mindset of thinking differently and and going through the pains of implementing new technology and and getting your employees to align with a vision that says okay i'm on board with this too this is going to be right you know fun and exciting and that the sustainability side of it doesn't it doesn't get that from an employee hey we're gonna we're gonna invest in in this and we're gonna keep business the same and you know and the other problem with that we're gonna leverage technology which means we need less people right Oh, so I'm going to build this out, then I'm not going to have a job. But if I, can, if I know that we're going to do twice as much business with right. the same amount of people, that means, oh, well, I can be a part of this and I can make more money and maybe I can work a little bit less. And, you know, right. so that's what, and that's where I see technology being able to, you know, trend in, in that direction of allowing businesses to do, you know, to do more with less and allow employees to either earn more, work less. Uh, you know, I just see that shifting in in the years ahead as technology becomes a you know just more more and more powerful powerful right. right that's very cool i mean i think it's a very relevant thing to be doing mm-hmm. i've got more questions but i always know <laughs> I, I always bogart the microphone so, <laughs> so i'm like i'm looking to christina if she <laughs> i just have one question <clears throat> what does um what does opti mean uh so opti uh stands for opportunity it's like a hip kid you know opti Delish. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. it's a hip opportunity. Yeah, it's a, hip uh, opportunity. It's a short <laughs> opportunity. Uh, no, we, I was driving with my my wife. We were driving back from I can't remember where we were, we were going or coming from, but we were brainstorming. And she's a designer, so she's creative mind, and and she's throwing out ideas of of what you know we should name this business. And uh, she's like, Is, "Are there any?" weird terms you guys use or anything like that and opportunity is a standard salesforce mm-hmm. you know uh, object field, yeah. right yeah so uh so we use that a lot and spelling out opportunity all the time is a lot so you know you shorten it to opti um and uh and so that to me was very um you know very relevant in what we're looking to do with companies uh and to me, what Salesforce has done from a uh, platform side of things and the, the training and resources that are available to people, um, to me, there's really, you know, ideally everybody has equal opportunity, right, to, for success. Like that's always been my big thing growing up. I've been fortunate to have a family that like you know, prioritized education and, um, you know, I went down that route and there's you know, unfortunately, people that don't have those opportunities at education uh, and um, and, you know, in an ideal world, everybody has the same opportunity for success. And, and I think where Salesforce is doing a great job is getting the these trailhead and courses where, I mean, you can literally be have mm-hmm. zero knowledge about Salesforce, learn how to do this, you know, and become an admin in you know, a couple of years and be making, you know, six figures. And, mm-hmm. and it's you know, anyone from anywhere is, do you want to put in the work and do you want to get it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Opti and, you know, opportunity, you know, going into even these, 
these companies there's you know the culture shift the the change there's a lot of people that don't don't want to embrace it um and to me uh the people that do embrace it and want to work alongside technology the the opportunity for them is is unlimited Mm -hmm. and you know they they can do what you know they're going to be able to do what they want to do with their with their life and the people that are fighting it um you know they're they're gonna have to figure out what they're what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Have you are you a Salesforce admin at this point? Have you uh, gone yeah. through? Okay. Yeah, we're we're uh, part like we're getting uh, set on the partner side. So Salesforce has a whole ecosystem of you know apps mm-hmm. and then uh, partners that help with consulting and implementation. So mm-hmm. we're getting set up on on both of those to figure out. What are you still figuring out and we'll always kind of be figuring out what we can put on the product side to where we could actually, you know, sell applications to companies where they can just install those Mm -hmm. in their org to make them run more effectively. But right now the focus is mainly on just consulting companies in leveraging Salesforce. A lot of companies are on it and aren't utilizing it to its full capacity. So those are great opportunities for us to engage with them and, and, you know, work with them on on better leveraging the technology so for what opti's doing is so you can help with a salesforce a, a, an instance that's already there mm-hmm. and whatever workflows there so helping yep. them kind of make sure the workflows make sense for them and then are you also doing customized development on different modules that would be specific to an industry or specific to a company so you're yes doing a, a, like original development on top of a salesforce platform correct yeah so we uh and it's you know every company's different but in a lot of cases the the first thing is what is the process and Mm. that's even a challenge that a lot of companies have you know they have all these different systems and so when you really dig into it and look at you're using this for this you're using that for that and then you talk with another person in another department who's using you know this other system for for that and it just uncovers a whole different right. what what are you guys doing right. <laughs> you know and but they're not talking to right. each other and they're not doing this and they don't have that skill set of of going through and doing that business sure. analysis of of the process so that's part of what we do and a lot of times that just creating better process and centralizing data and information Right. can have a huge impact, impact. on just business and just in, in all the, the emails this and right. all of a sudden wait you guys sent 20 emails when if the data was just in one spot it right. would have been two messages right so that's a big uh component of it and then with each company they all have their own you know process processes that 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 they follow so with each of those you know custom configuration and uh, really enabling, you know, our goal and kind of where, where we came from. I was an originator. I didn't, I had a somewhat of a tech background, but really I was an originator who started configuring software to run more effectively. And where, as we go into companies, we're really looking for employees that understand the business process right. to empower them and almost train Train them them that's right with the experience that that we went through because we we hired multiple partners at vip where 
Yeah. We asked them to build a solution and they came in and they built something and it didn't work. And then we hired another one and we're explained to him. You're trying to take a consultant and teach him the mortgage industry and the ins and outs and build you a product within a couple months. Right. Not going to happen. So the last one we hired, we came in and said, look, instead of building us a solution, teach us how to build software. And so we took on this whole process of how to plan releases and, you know, have sprints and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, be able to take an idea of a user needs the system to do this to mm-hmm. funneling that through and getting it configured or developed and, and whatever that process is to make sure that that works for, for that user and then release and deploy and train and that whole process. So when we work with companies, we take them through that similar process. We, we set a roadmap, give them an idea of, okay, here's all the things you're doing today. Here's what we're looking to accomplish. And typically our engagements are six to 12, a minute, really at minimum six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. And ideally at the end of that, part of what I educate the owners on, and technology is not going anywhere. So to leverage a team like us and be kept in front of what's coming if you just look at us as almost an outsourced, you know, tech mm-hmm. consultant and part of your company and part of your long-term, and this is where growth is important, part of your long-term vision, mm-hmm. we'll help you get to your vision. And we're going to leverage technology and we'll build a roadmap of here's what we're going to knock out here, here, and here. And, and six months from now, things, things change. So now mm-hmm. there's a different priority. Well, we're already in place. We're already working with your people. We just make that a priority and we now prioritize that and that's part of the methodology the agile methodology Mm -hmm. scrum is which is a big term (laughs) these days uh that that we utilize to to really help these companies grasp that whole concept because when you introduce software and technology if you don't understand that a lot of it's the process side of it and prioritization right right? i mean you go into companies that have 50 projects which one's first right they don't do that analysis. And then right. they pick that one, but then they never did the business analysis. So they push it. And then it doesn't three really- months later, it didn't really solve the problem because they didn't do the upfront work. Right. Yeah, I think that that's, and I don't know, do, um, that's, I, uh, that agile methodology or that, uh, that idea of projectizing everything is so key. And it's really prevalent in um, technology on the IT side. And maybe marketing and for some companies you know they have to but it is interesting that it doesn't necessarily like everybody should be doing it you know hr should be doing right. it finance should be doing it um and we're not necessarily taught that right we're not that's not right. how we're used to doing business it's a lot of times just gut instinct or whatever so mm-hmm. i think that that idea of really um making that methodology a business process versus just a technology yeah. process is, is key. Um, I think we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back with more questions. I'm going to start asking about Chicago and babies and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Susan, we have to do something. This working and living paycheck to paycheck isn't cutting I it. I know, dear, but what do we do? We have ideas for our own business, but no money to get it started. You need to take your life to the next level. Huh? Who are you? Doesn't matter, Susan. Just go to nlbcgroup.com and find out how they can get you the funding you need for your small business or your existing business and how they can manage your overall financial health and well-being. From loans to investments to credit and even insurance. 
Go to nlbcgroup.com. That's nlbcgroup.com. Stop wasting time, Susanna, and level up. Oh, it's getting a little warm in here. Hmm. Huh? Next Level Business Concepts Group is your solution to all things finance and more. Level up. <laughs> I know. It makes me laugh every time that commercial that makes me giggle. cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, we're so excited to still have them as a sponsor. We actually just got two new sponsors as well. Um, we have Gary Fenn from Limeware. Mm. He was on our show last week. Yeah. Um, so awesome. He, whoop, whoop. Yeah, so he's one, and it's for um, all your promotional needs. They have T-shirts with logos and just apparel, clothing. So he's now coming on, and we'll get a nice little commercial there for him. And we have Matthew Makovic. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I Do you know if I'm saying that right? Let's say you are. All right. Sounds right. And he's with uh, Real Estate <laughs> Solutions. So he actually fixes it before you list it. So if you have a house that you're looking to list and you need some work done. Totally. He actually does come in and fix it before. So he's at fixitlistitsold.com and then uh, Limeware. Awesome. I know. We're so excited. We've got some great sponsors and great, we've had some good conversations. Yeah, I, I tend to only fix stuff in my house when I'm going to sell it, which always <laughs> annoys me. I'm like, but for $50, the sliding door could have worked this whole time? <laughs> It seems, to be, it seems to be the case. <laughs> I'm like, why, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you want to fix it and enjoy it I instead know. of fix it and then leave? Yeah. So use Matt even if you're, you've got to fix <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right. Pretend you're selling okay. right now and fix right. it for yourself. Pretend <laughs> to sell your house every year. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like, man, I could have had air conditioning if I had only called. Now, I'm, now somebody else is going to get the benefit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funny. But anyway, yeah, very happy to have our sponsors. So, yeah, so let's see. Um, I'll, I'll segue into Chicago by asking, are you doing, are you working only on local um, companies right now? Are you nationwide, no, yeah, worldwide? Really, really, yeah, I mean, ultimately, global be fun. Yeah, that's, totally. That's, that's I, I can remember global domination. Right? Global, it's, that's <laughs> so been when innovation. Steve and I worked together, we were like in a 10 by 10 office. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and he was, gosh, sort of in seven years. So he was like climbing up to being this, you know, amazing loan originator. And man, he would like it would be global domination. And it's, what was it? The power hour. It's, it's an exciting. Uh, <laughs> it was. It's like there was always space. some sort of exclamation coming yeah. from behind. You got to be excited and fun at. At, yeah. At work. Or, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I will yeah, say. Yeah. It's probably the most fun I've ever had in a <laughs> ten by ten office. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was clean. <laughs> uh, Wait, it was clean? <laughs> well, I meant, I meant the fun. Was, oh, we were having I, clean okay, fun okay, versus yeah, the office. Was, <laughs> at least my desk was definitely not. No, <laughs> I don't know. I think it was. It was okay, but yeah. Um, so yeah, but a lot has changed personally for you in the last whatever yeah. it's been uh, nine years. So married. I know, right? How uh, long have you been married now? A uh, year and a half. And have a baby. Yes, five Man, months. You guys were like on a. It was honeymoon baby. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's we, five months old now. He's five and a half. Oh my gosh! So That's Remington, so much fun. little Remy. Oh, nice. He's awesome. I'll show you pictures. Pictures. Uh, okay. After. Yeah. Yeah. So but, what's, uh, what's that like for you to have new wife, new baby, new career? Yeah, uh, it's I mean, it's it's a change, but it's it's been great. Uh, my wife, my wife, we dated for five years mm-hmm. before I finally, <laughs> finally uh, she really had to. Yeah, 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 she yeah, she she was ready uh, prior to that. And um, 
I just was dragging my feet. But uh, <laughs> but it's been amazing. She's a huge support uh, even in this transition. It's been uh, very just un- unbelievable to have her her full support and belief in me as I as I do this. And uh, and the little guy is phenomenal. He's awesome. Uh, I I never thought I was gonna have kids, uh, and I kind of always said that. And you know, really, just, you always said you were never gonna have kids. Yeah, I'm surprised because you're you have such a tight family. Yeah, I don't, why I don't did know. you think you didn't want to have kids? Uh, I the a lot of it was uh, I mean, I've just I'm all, I, I'm all yeah, nosy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Go ahead and put it right on the podcast. We are on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, You're no, like, thanks I, for opening it, up a right. very deep, dark vault right. in my heart. Uh, I just was always, I've always been motivated from a business side mm. of things. So that's what gets right. me going. And I just, I guess, never really thought it would be possible uh, and didn't. And then, you know, and then as I got older and started looking at, you know, what you get into, I don't know if it's midlife, midlife crisis or, or what it is, but you start, you know, what, Please, it, what, it, what I is Please, I don't this? think you're close to midlife, <laughs> but whatever. What is, what is this stuff uh, all about? What, it, you know, what's yeah, my your purpose? Your priorities change a little I, bit yeah, more. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, and a lot of that's about legacy and leaving that, you know, both with, from a business side and helping people to grow and, and develop and helping companies uh, grow Mm -hmm. and leaving a legacy with, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your son. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was, and I, of course I knew we were having a baby boy. Um, My wife was a hundred percent certain we were having a girl because I was so confident of us having a boy, but (laughs) sure enough, it was a boy. And uh, so you didn't, you didn't uh, check the sex. You just, uh, we did, but I mean, it was just, you know, Okay. Confirming. Confirming what, uh, your, what, what you was, already knew. Yes, yes. But uh, but it's been it's been awesome. He's sleep, he's sleeping. Right. You know, Don's done an amazing job as uh, as a mom, getting him on a schedule, and you know he's been sleeping since you know two three months. So um, nice. So yeah. So you know that side of it is not. It definitely changes. Uh, you know, changes some things. Um, For sure. But. Uh, but no, it's it's exciting. He's starting to, you know, hopefully say a, a word here soon. And you know, <laughs> every, every time he starts talking, you, you are hoping that something comes out, but nothing yet. So uh, well, I'll tell you two things that you're always excited about when you have babies. One is when they walk and when they talk. Yeah. And then they walk and talk, and you're like, wow, <laughs> that was a whole different like. Take them traveling before they walk. Go out to every dinner you want to go to before they walk, because from yeah. twelve to like twenty four months, it's you'll never have a hot meal again. Somebody won't have a hot meal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that will be so far. We, I mean, we've really been committed to, and I think part of that's just finding the right part. So, you know, Dawn, her willingness to allow me to keep, you know, Mm -hmm. doing this stuff and and focusing on this, but, um, you know, keeping that, keeping that balance, but we're, we're Mm -hmm. definitely committed to continuing to travel and continuing to, to do that stuff. And, uh, but I haven't hit, the 12 to 24 I, it's probably gonna be fine I'm just, i mean you do it but it's, yeah. it is yeah. funny where you're yeah. like oh man yeah, no, remember totally when they would like yeah. sit and sleep in the air on right. the airplane and now you've got them um, you just got apologized to everybody sorry sorry right sorry. you can see people rolling their eyes as soon as you get yeah. on so yeah. yeah yeah but it's fun it is it's the most fun ever i think that's a fun age so cool mm-hmm. and i imagine that's a big that now is a big motivator so it, it probably adds to that 
want and desire to yeah absolutely um having him you know see you know the success that that we bring you know it's hard i mean right now he doesn't really but you know as he gets older to to see the impact of um you know how how many people were able to help Mm -hmm. and you know the relationships and you know friends and you know just seeing just being around really that whole you know just love and Mm -hmm. respect and relationships and uh you know that's you know uh, hopefully will be a great experience for him growing up and you know he'll be able to do the same thing with uh the next generation yeah. already you're already putting that on him he's right up and sold. yeah oh yeah <laughs> like, sure. you got big things to do yeah. dude yeah. how has the transition been i mean you know from kind of that you know you, you built a team out the mics to team out is mm-hmm. you know for the mortgage side um i imagine for some time you were running both right so you're staying with a foot in mics to team and the mortgage and loan origination and then also one foot in opti Mm -hmm. so how's the transition been as you've really stepped i think it feels like you've stepped away from the mortgage side almost completely at this point yeah oh yeah uh i when i came to vip in 2013 i really started transitioning out of mortgage and a couple years later was when my brother uh he was a trader uh and technology took over that whole industry and he was you know trying to figure out what he was going to do next and so he looked at doing financial advising and continuing down that trading route but my business as you know we kind of always focused on financial advisors Mm -hmm. and, and client management and so I was going on this software uh journey and talked with Jeff about, hey, why don't you take over, you know, the book of business that, that I have and, you know, the relationships and mm-hmm. another testament to why we've built what, what we've built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the conversations, the information, all this is in here. You start, you know, calling them and following up with them and I, you know, I'll phase out. And so he did that. Um, and then Jeff actually this year was the top 1% uh, originator in the country. No kidding. Yeah. So he wow. did, uh, he's actually in Mexico right now with VIP on the President's Club trip. And so he's fully taken that business over and is growing that. And, you know, the, just in the last few months is when I finally made, you know, we're still, I've, st- you know, I phased out. I probably haven't been really involved on the mortgage side in the last two plus years, mm-hmm. but. Uh, just on the software side with VIP and then, you know, now mm-hmm. being able to offer this to other other companies. So. Are you finding it strange? Because like, with, with loan origination, you are. Every month you get a list and you're at the top of the list or whatever. Is it is it a different feeling like not to be <laughs> – like have that validation and be on the right. other side where – Yeah, I mean the good thing is there's, there's not a list because um, I'd be <laughs> – very at the very bottom of that list right now. You mean for but, CEOs uh, or? Well, just for, yeah. I mean, <laughs> for whatever number, it is you're right. doing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I've, I've been there before. Mm-hmm. So it's it's motivating. It's exciting. Really, it's exciting. As I talk and, and as I network and talk, it's a need. Mm-hmm. Every single company that I talk with is facing this challenge. So mm-hmm. uh, my my challenge is how do I, how do I help these companies? How do I do it? How do I scale it? 
how do I add value to uh, to these companies? And that's what I'm trying to, you know, I'm really just thinking through to, you know, strategically figure out uh, how to help as many people, companies uh, as I can. Mm-hmm. Do you have a team right now as Opti? Uh, I have. So there's still, uh, we're still, because we're still transitioning, working with, with VIP mm-hmm. on, on their project. So we still have uh, two uh, admin trainers uh, that are, you know, functioning at, at VIP. And uh, and then our tech lead, Pavle. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've still got an offshore <laughs> team. And I'm working through some of that with uh, with. You know, Jay and, and ownership at VIP to figure out, you know, how exactly that, you know, transition works and being able to really offset some of their costs for the time being. But um, but then we're also working on the side of how do we take some of what we've built on the mortgage side and potentially sell that to other companies. So mm-hmm. really right now it's me focusing on sales and getting projects to you know, to keep things moving and really trying to create a market value for what we've created on the mortgage side to right. to figure out how we can roll that out and help other, you know, mortgage companies. Um, but also then growing and, you know, really any any business, any sales organization. So, yeah. so Opti isn't like, <clears throat> like a one size fits all solution. It's like, you take so say you were to work with like five other different companies you take whatever they have and combine it and streamline it into your interface or platform or whatever so it's like a customized yeah great great question so the challenge with software is if i buy a software even if it looks great on the demo and i think oh yeah that that's all i needed to do um when you get in there and start using it then you realize wait this isn't what i wanted it to do right (laughs) Uh, so it's, it's a commitment and, um, it's, but, but yeah, it's totally customizable. So we're looking at each individual business. Every business has their own business processes. We want to, we want to work with some of the top people within that organization to Mm -hmm. understand those business processes. And if we can advise and, and maybe tweak a couple things within it, um, and, and would probably explain why. Oh, that's why this isn't working. Right. Um, we're not we're not tracking this thing, or you know, we're not. It's just not architected or set up correctly. Mm. Um, so we'll make those suggestions and and really push to. I mean, not even suggest. Like, if if you want this to work, you have to have a process. Mm. So um, you know, here's <laughs> what we've laid out. You know, you give us feedback. What 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 do we need to move around? But if there's not a process, I can't, I can't build a solution. Mm. So, huh. yeah. And I think it's, yeah, again, I've only gone through a couple implementations, but it is, it's, um, that it does assume a process and they kind of force you into then if you don't have one that it really forces you into the pro- process of just doing the implementation. It's not right. really necessarily thinking through. Yeah. Um, and so then you are kind of pushed into, you know, like that one size fits all. And then you, you don't realize until after you've already implemented, like, oh, my gosh, I've been putting right. the wrong information in the wrong field. And now I've got a mess. Right. And so not, and now, to your point, that's why systems right. don't get used. And so let's use, you know, now let's add another one because right. now, whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that, again, that training that you're talking about or that education up front on 
really helping, which might slow down. That's the other thing, yeah, right. right? It's going to slow down 100%. implementation. Um, and that's where we've, we've kind of taken a stance of most implementation companies, they'll come in with, it'll be a big amount of money up front and it'll be a 60 to 90 day engagement and then you're kind of on your own. Right. And I would rather say, look, do a lesser investment because it is going to take time because we're going to have to pull these processes out of your people. Mm -hmm. But look at this as a six to 12 month engagement and let's do this right. And let's enable your people. And although it will take longer, we're going to get better processes in place. Right. And you're going to be enabled moving forward. And, um, you know, and then ideally at that six to 12 months, they, they, see us they trust us they know that their people are developing there's no reason why you know they wouldn't keep us on to figure out because you know, there's always going to be something next mm-hmm. you know and um and whether we develop and enable their people to the point where they don't need us fantastic mm-hmm. you know then i'm sure they'll refer a- anybody that they know to you know to to utilize our our team because right. we've helped them you know grow and hit their vision so are you like in some cases? Are you sitting on site? I know with VP uh, VIP obviously, but are you? Are, do you think that you'll be on site with clients a lot of times? Like like where you're actually kind of embedded with them as the project goes through? Is that the model that you think is most successful, or is it? Are you really able to do more of a traditional? Uh, it's uh, definitely. I mean, there will be face to face engagements um, with technology there's a lot that you can do in even on the collaboration mm-hmm. side of things mm-hmm. uh being able to you know document a process and get feedback and you know kind of interact in a in a cloud you know environment so the face to face not required but and i'd say where where we're really looking to go is to enable someone locally to be Please. kind of that extension of our of our team and then call you if they need support yeah and, and if we can enable those people that to me that's how you scale like mm-hmm. if i have to sit in that office and and remind all these people why we're doing what we're doing and that's draining on us mm-hmm. and it's not scalable but if i can get a couple key people within that organization and you know obviously the business owner and then maybe some key management people who really embrace it and and drive it and we can enable them now they're our on-site extension Mm -hmm. to remind these people this is why we're doing this we're going to get to here your life's going to be better you're going to be happier you're going to make more money um (laughs) right here you're going to be in a downside (laughs) i'm like sign me up yeah (laughs) i mean that's what technology is about totally i it's (laughs) funny though because it does sometimes if you're not you know it sometimes doesn't feel like that. So, and, I, and it is a misuse, right? It's because we don't necessarily take the time to put it in the way it needs to be put in or right. whatever. But yeah, sometimes it feels like it makes, uh, you know, like w- more issues. <laughs> like, right. like, mm, why does this work? Well, and that's some of the stuff I'm looking to get even feedback from. And as you, you guys are out there around the show, uh, I'm starting to put together some content for a blog uh, and gearing that towards really all this technology and being able to provide a tool of good content, good information to help Mm -hmm. some of these, I guess, you know, business owners, potentially just entrepreneurial thinking, um, you know, leadership, Mm -hmm. uh, 
people within the organization with with those tools on on disseminating like all of these different options and being able to give them hey here's look we've we've vetted all of this stuff we've used it we've tried here's our recommendation and uh kind of like a tim ferris is i Mm -hmm. follow him a lot um and you know he does a great job of experimenting with all these different things Mm -hmm. and then filtering it down to where i can make a selection easier and that's kind of the same idea of what we're trying to do just mainly focus on a technology side of things mm-hmm. nice well it sounds like a lot of excitement um you mentioned something about uh this this is totally taking it off but um education and um you know access to education and i remember for a time you were pretty involved with the Khan academy are you still doing that where you were giving back to um yeah so we we i have not um on we did that for a few years mm-hmm. jeff's uh not to say that jeff wouldn't be willing to but <laughs> but oh my uh, god just threw just, jeff uh, right yeah, under right? the bus yeah, but uh, i mean we would be uh, but right jeff yeah no, that's hates not education saying, you know. but uh we did fund that uh a few years uh and huge supporter of that technology um and what what he's doing uh pretty remarkable but education absolutely is still a big uh, driver for me, like I was talking earlier, mm-hmm. uh, being able to provide kids with education and opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on. I'm actually the president of the board for the You and Improved Leadership Foundation. Oh, okay. Um, and they're a local company here that uh, does leadership, two three day crash course leadership yeah. uh, programs for um, for anybody. But they've also started a charitable side uh that puts teens through okay. these leadership programs and that and you're on that board or yes okay. i'm on the yeah i'm on, on the, the leadership foundation side. side yeah so we're uh right now we we did she, jody Lowe has done um she's the owner of unipru yeah. but she's done a class uh one class i think for the teens last three or four years um and this year our goal we're looking to do two classes which would put two groups of teens would be you know 44 kids through very cool. um, this program and it's unbelievable these kids that I, I went through leader at that program and that was my takeaway as I was leaving it I said I was one of the younger people in my group and you know there's people 50 years old this is the first time they're getting any of this mm-hmm. and the takeaway was just man like mm-hmm. imagine if they had Got had it. this experience 30 years ago right. they would have a different life and that's where uh i you know i think jody heard that from a lot of people going through that and so she started this foundation and you know now we've we've put a bunch of teens through and that the impact of that is i mean unbelievable these kids come in you know and with today's social media and pressures and things like that um they come in you know friday and they leave sunday it's a different person yeah i mean it is a different person <clears throat> and is, uh yeah and so you're putting them through with scholar like scholarship you're able the foundation is raising the money to put the kids through correct so we're yeah looking for foundations that support leadership you know anything around the you know entrepreneurial leadership um you know teens on all serving you know underprivileged you know kids who wouldn't be able to have this experience yeah. and and make this experience available to them to yeah. um to have an impact Sounds like we have to get you connected to our friend Dan Vanderven. Dan just, he created a leadership program where he's going to schools. He has like a class 
where some of the kids join him and he actually teaches entrepreneurial s- skills. Okay. We had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And he just created that from nothing and he, he's yeah. seen like a massive influx and yeah. you guys are kind of doing similar things. We'll get you connected. Yeah, yeah. it's all about opportunity. Yeah. Create, create, create opportunity for these kids. I mean, it's 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 amazing if, if you, um, you know, the, the, yeah. the tools are out there. They're, they're just not necessarily exposed to them. And, you know, programs like this and yep. people like that, you know, doing these things. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's the only way we're going to be able to shift back bring everybody innovative. forward yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you know get away from this disparity of you know super high net worth and then the rest of the country mm-hmm. um, you know we need to give everybody this opportunity to grow and develop and mm-hmm. open that up to more and more people yeah yeah the cahoots foundation does that so jenny poon and her group um lisa i think is president um but it's amazing so they do a weekend where they do entrepreneurial it's like a on, yeah um I can't think of, I should be able to think, but it's entrepreneurial thinking. And so mm-hmm. they bring in high school kids and they'll break them into groups and then they have to come up with a project and do a pitch and all that. And it's phenomenal. Like it just yeah. blows your mind that that kind of creativity and ability, I mean, you know, they get a little bit of guidance. They'll bring people like mentors in, but really these kids, it's it's like there's this whole group of ama- yeah. like amazing brains that are right. ready to open and expand. And we're kind of putting them through the same paces right. versus having you know organizations like yours or foundations like yours or some of the other other ones where it's like they're they're hungry for this they are for sure and they're ready and they'll right do yeah. great things well you know? yeah and then it's how do you scale that right because i mean that one weekend how do you make that recurring right you know mm-hmm. and how do you when they go back into their environment where they're not exposed to that how do you bring them back into you know these spots and that to me that's the that's the challenge that yeah. you know um, I'm I'm trying to solve, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if if that's well, my legacy, a, that'd be changing uh, a, that'd be awesome. A pretty, I think the model, like it's really everybody recognizing that the model needs to change mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. I have one last question for you. What are some of like obviously you're doing big things. So what are some of the routines or tools that you use in your life to create the success that you have and will have? Um, uh, good question. So, <laughs> and you're like, what do I do? Like, what tools? Salesforce. Yeah, right. So we use this yeah. technology <laughs> called. Um, but you probably do stuff in life. Yeah. yeah Obviously, yeah, yeah, you yeah. continuously educate yourself. Yes. Education's yeah, huge. Education's you're pretty organized. Huge. Again, as I recall, like it's, you're pretty. Yeah. Um, Aside from like my time blocking, desk, I think. Aside, Aside from, from my desk. desk. Yeah. Well, like that gets chaos, but then I. I've get, heard that you know, that's like a sign of a really. I mean, my desk is messy, so I always read those articles. Yeah. Of a smart person, totally, right. Right. and I'm, I absolutely agree. But I always remember like the time blocking. I took yeah. that from you, actually. Yeah. That idea that if nothing else, if you get one hour in your day where you're whatever that critical mission yeah. thing is, yeah, uh, time blocking. I mean, efficient. Like anything I can do to be efficient. My wife hates it because if she wants to go shopping somewhere like 20 minutes away, it's <laughs> like, wait, well, what else are we gonna do when we're around there? You know? like, <laughs> when are you going up there? You know, uh, <laughs> you're like, I've got that penciled in for Thursday. Right. It's like, no, I'm gonna be in that area Thursday, so we'll just go then. <laughs> Um, so that drives her crazy, but it's maximizing time. I mean, time is, is everything today. And that's where I see technology as, you know, how do I make sure I can do as much and as little time as possible? And I'm a little on the extreme of, 
of doing that, but that's what I do and what I research. And, and to me, that's where I can provide value to some of these executives who, who don't do that and would like to. And, you know, so it's really, it's, it's divide, it's starting to look at what, what are your best skill sets? What are the most important things you should be doing every day? Mm -hmm. Um, as a salesperson, you know, when I was originating, it was time blocking mm -hmm. three hours a day. I was on, you know, the the three power hours, like talking with clients and, and selling and the other stuff just, you get to when you get to, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's not reacting to what is perceived as a fire mm -hmm. and, you know, stopping you from doing those very critical items. And I think that's where naturally the technology has evolved is, is how do I be proactive, you know, so I can be mm -hmm. more effective. So that's uh, the time blocking is a hundred percent a big thing of that. And I'm always revisiting that, you know, and, and looking back at how do I, how do I do it? Like what are, um, and there's a great exercise you can do with, um, like I, I went through a, uh, through one of the coaching programs that I, that I did where you, you write out all, write out every single thing that you do, um, for the week and write all those things down. And the way that your, um, the way that your mind works, you want to like chunk these things into different segments, right? Within, mm. within your life. So now you have your family stuff, your work stuff, your, uh, health stuff and, and chunking those things together. And then every week I actually revisit each of those segments and plan out that week mm. um, and make sure I'm putting important things in my calendar of, of mm. what I want to do. And then as I've written these things out, you know, the other side of it is what are the things I don't like to do? Mm -hmm. And, and can, when can, you know, if I can't hire someone today to get that off my plate, when am I going to hire that person mm. to get that off my plate? Mm. And uh, it just allows you to see what's important, both on the business side and personal side yeah. and intentional, you know, that's actually uh, one of my slogans that I'm considering right now um, for Opti is the new IT, mm. uh, intentional technology. Mm. Um, so leveraging technology Trademark. intentionally, right? Mm. Uh, <laughs> to, and part of you know, that's from scheduling my week. It's, mm -hmm. it's planning those things in, living your life intentionally um, and mapping out technology to allow you to, to do that. So that, that's a big thing. So uh, I'm laughing for two reasons. One, because yeah. I'm like, I really do sympathize with your wife. She's a saint. Yeah, I know. <laughs> She's like, okay, like right. I, I need more for the nine to nine thirty. Right. And then diaper, <laughs> diaper changes in your house must be incredible. Like you're like, you're going to eat, you're right. going to do some flashcards. Right. <laughs> I'm going to change right. your diaper yeah. Yeah. and we're going to have an audio book going in. Yeah. So, well, we have got to wrap it up. So um, on, on that note, but I do, I think that's, that's great. I'm really excited for you. I mean, you know, I think you're going to do amazing things. So, and I, I do love the, the uh, intentional technology. Yeah, so you got to stick you, with you that. You got to run yeah. with that. Right. But thanks for being with us today. It was great to yeah, see you. Yeah, thank you for yeah, having you. me very much. Awesome. Right. Enjoy your day. Have a great week.